If talking about new travel destinations or discovering the latest travel gadgets gets your heart racing just like mine, well then, you are in the right place. Hello there, I'm Katrina Rountree and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Come, our podcast about the wonders of travel, a place where we share memories from recent trips and we dream about upcoming adventures. So get your passports ready and join me for Journeys to Come. Well, hello there. Welcome to today's Journeys to Come podcast. This is actually being recorded on International Women's Day. It's a very special day to honour all women's achievements, to celebrate women. And we're actually here at the Como Hotel in Melbourne, here to launch M Galleries, inspired by her program. Really what this is all about with the M Gallery Hotels is is really paying tribute to how many women are involved in the choice of hotels that we go to, where we travel, the choices made when travelling, what a hotel has to offer. I, I have to hand it to uh, to the M Gallery uh, group of hotels that, that, that span right around the globe uh, for really being smart enough uh, to, to honour all of their, their female guests and the part that we play. But of course, today, it's, it's really all about women and their achievements, and few come of a higher calibre than Katie Sarah. Let me tell you a little bit about Katie Sarah from Adelaide. In 2007, Katie came within 400 metres of the summit of Mount Everest on her first ever high altitude climb. First ever. After going back and, and gaining more experience, Katie returned in 2010 and conquered the mountain and became the first South Australian and the sixth Aussie woman to conquer Everest. Well, three years later, she then went on to climb seven of the world's highest peak and now is the only female in the world to have completed both the seven summits and the seven tallest volcanic summits in the world. What a woman. Welcome, Katie Sarah. Katie Sarah, it's so lovely that we have the opportunity to chat to you because there aren't that many people who are able to have emblazoned after their name that they have achieved uh, the seven of the seven peaks. Have I said that correctly? It's been called the seven seven. So it's the seven summits, which is the seven highest peaks on each continent, and the seven volcanic summits, which are the seven highest volcanoes on each continent. I'm curious, you didn't actually climb your first mountain until 2006, and now you are the only female in the world to have achieved that title. How did life lead you to that? I think I've always been quite goal-oriented, and I've and exercise and training is very much a part of my life and my routine. My husband and I both train every day constantly uh, and we're both very conscious of health and and fitness so it's sort of just naturally progressed from triathlon in my 20s and then a couple of marathons in my early 30s and then some longer distance stuff discovered rock climbing and sort of fell into mountaineering after that you say it so flippantly (laughs) did you ever have the goal to achieve the seven seven uh, it's an interesting question because it wasn't something that I started out with. In fact, I did my, as you mentioned, I did my first peak in 2006 and I was the only only person in that group that actually did summit. And on the way back, other people in the group saying, oh, you'll go and do Everest now. And my immediate response was, don't be ridiculous. What a, what a silly idea. 
six months months later, guess where <laughs> I was <laughs> on the side of Everest. Uh, so it's been opportunities that have cropped up and I've grabbed them, never been one to say no to, within reason, mm. <laughs> an opportunity. But then it has just unfolded. Mm-hmm. It's not been I'm going to do the seven summits or I'm going to be the first to do this or that or anything. It's been about the journey and the opportunities and who's been available to come and do something fun and cool with me. Want more travel in your day? Well then, join us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Journeys to Come and follow us. And while you're there, hey, how about you share your own travel pics and stories with the hashtag Journeys to Come. The people that listen to Journeys to Come are passionate travellers. Can you tell us a little bit about that joy of travelling? I mean, not only have you have you achieved the peaks, but I'm sure you've seen some wonderful places. What are some of your favourites? Every place has been completely different and people often ask, you know, what was your favourite mountain or your favourite place? But it's really hard to pinpoint because every trip, every mountain has been different. Some have been a challenge uh, in, in different ways, not always physically. Uh, but certainly some of my favourite moments are there's, there's little moments that have just cropped up out of nowhere and that they're, they're memories that stay with me forever. So on Everest trip, I, so you're six weeks camping, intense, very low facilities. Uh, so once a week you sort of decide, especially as a female, um, I'm going to wash my hair. So washing my hair one morning at 6,400 metres, sitting out the front of my tent with a big bowl of water. And so I've got head down, shampoo everywhere. And I, to this day, do not know who it was. A Sherpa. It was definitely a Sherpa because yeah. I could hear his voice. But I don't know which Sherpa it was. He's turned up and he's helping me. He's pouring water over my head. He's you know, just helping me finish washing my hair. And then he's disappeared before I've actually even worked out who it was. It's like out of Africa, remember? Redford and Streep. Yes. Oh, oh. It, oh. it wasn't Redford, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was a wonderful Sherpa. Yeah, a wonderful moment. <laughs> yeah, so memories like that. What has travelling given you? It's put life in perspective, absolutely. I mean, I do live a slightly privileged lifestyle. I mean, being Australian, I'm privileged. I live in Adelaide, which is convenient and beautiful. I've raised my family there and I've got a beautiful family. Uh, so I'm the first to admit that I do have a very fortunate lifestyle. Uh, But I think all of us have those moments of, oh, you know, the world is ending and it's just too hard and all that sort of stuff. And and certainly dramas do come up and terribly sad traumas and that sort of thing. But all of it, certainly certainly the little stuff gets put in perspective very much. I I was surprised when I was reading about you. I presumed that the only female on the planet to have achieved what you have. Um, I was surprised to, to see you've got three sons, three children. Uh, how, how does that, um, how do you work it with, with three children? How do you manage to get everything done? I guess I didn't go on my first trip until the boys were probably aged eight to 11. Mm-hmm. So at that age, they're actually pretty capable. Well, yeah. they can be capable if you make them be capable. And I think that's a lot of the mistake a lot of parents maybe make is, and we, oh my gosh, we're all guilty of it. We love our children and we want to do everything for them. But taking myself out of the equation, it's like, see you guys, you're going to have to actually pitch in and do some washing and maybe cook a meal. And so, I mean, now I'm incredibly proud of my three boys. They're wonderful young men and they can use a washing machine (laughs) and a dishwasher and they can cook. Um, So you've almost accidentally created these independent, brave young men. I'd like to think it was all part of the big plan. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's... Uh, so I certainly didn't leave them when they were really little. 
uh, that once I did start doing these long trips, it was very much, uh, well, you know, you're just going to have to step up. And I'm coming home, I'm coming home safe. Uh, they knew that. So, yeah, I, th- I think it certainly also made them understand women a little bit more. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a girly girl, so they haven't had that exposure, but they're, they're certainly not going to take women for granted. You know what's amazing? You say that you're not a girly girl, but uh, as you sit in front of me looking so elegant in your suit, beautiful jewellery, and it must be said, perfect nails. I've never said to anyone, I really appreciate the fact that you have ten fingers, ten toes. Um, uh, that's quite a remarkable feat in itself for a climber. Have you had moments where you've thought... I'm going to freeze to death here. I could lose my toes. This could be it for me. Never to the extent of I could die. Uh, oh, oh really? actually, no. Uh, <laughs> it, there, there's been moments where it's like, oh, this is just, I, I have to be careful. I have to be focused. I have to be careful here. Uh, losing fingers and toes. I mean, one trip, I got a bit of frost nip on a toe, but that's not serious. And, and it can be now like skiing, that toe can get pretty cold. Really? But it's still there. While you're listening, why not add some travel to your inbox? Sign up for my weekly travel updates at journeystocome.com. What, what are your tips for success? It's very much making sure you've got the skills and knowledge to be able to tackle the trip that you've signed up for. Uh, so certainly my first trip to Everest, I wasn't prepared and so thus I didn't summit, I came back and went back once I had attained those skills. Sounds like a blessing in disguise. The fact that you I think summit first time. I think it is. Uh, it would have been pure luck. No skills, organisation, well, organisation that kept me alive, certainly. But certainly by the time, the second time I went back, I felt, yeah, no, look, I'm, I deserve to be here and a summit is certainly able to be attained and deserved. So, so it's great to have those goals, but to be prepared, to plan and take it step step. Absolutely. Planning and also not stinting. I mean, as you said, I've got all my fingers and toes, but I've always bought all the good gear. I make sure I've got the boots and the gloves that will keep me warm and keep... And you're never alone. And never alone. Absolutely. Uh, Unless you're like even far more experienced than I am, there's one or two Australian climbers that are awesomely just climbing gods. Uh, They could be alone on a mountain. In fact, Andrew Locke, who... Mm is an amazing climber. He was on Everest alone and I read his blog at one point and he's hallucinating at high camp at over 8,000 metres and I think it was crows or ravens were at his tent and he's experienced enough at that point to go, oh, yeah, not good, there's definitely no crows here, I need to go down. Mm. So someone like him can be alone and manage it you don't uh, recommend it. But I certainly don't recommend it. And even the really great climbers, very sadly, one of the greatest climbers of our generation died last year and he tripped, apparently. Oh, no oh, one's quite yeah. sure, but he tripped and fell and he was by himself and he's no longer with us. So, I'll hit you with a simple question. What do you always pack when you travel? I love my Kindle. Kindle's the best thing. Um, I'm an avid reader, so to have not only like reference stuff, so medical reference for altitude sickness and the med- medications that you need to have with you so to have that on hand to refer to but also just books to read mm-hmm. uh, on one Denali trip I read 
every single Game of Thrones book. <laughs> and I was not going to be carrying that in my pack. <laughs> I can guarantee it. I know that we have to wrap this up because you're about to go on a romantic holiday with your husband, which I just love saying. So I suppose really, uh, in summary, Katie, Sarah, um, what's your outlook on life? Is, is there a motto that, that guides you through? What advice can you give to others? I really need to reach out and touch Nike because just do it. I love it. Uh, don't let opportunities pass you by. If, in, if you in any way can, grab an opportunity. Obviously, there are some obstacles that are insurmountable, but really think hard before you dismiss something as an insurmountable obstacle. If there's an opportunity there, give it a go and focus and do all of the, the work you have to do. You're an inspiration to us all, Katie Sarah. Thank you so much for your time. Now, go off and have that lovely holiday. Thank you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Journeys to Come. If you want any more information on the places that we visited, all the people we spoke to, then visit our website, journeystocome.com, for full details.